Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook friendly. The latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport plus conversations to make you think about why you try. It's FitSpeak on Facebook. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. And here is your Wenting's word of the week. It is Basque. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff members at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings word of the week is Basque. And we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With spring already here, it's time to build that fitness in the great outdoors. Whether you're hitting the trails, the roads, or the lakes to get your fix, TriJoy can help. We can maximize your training time with structured and motivating sessions that'll get you to the finish line with a smile on your face. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Our next guest, one of the more colorful personalities in professional triathlon today, that is when he's not wearing his professionalist cycling cap, a top 10 finisher at Kona, the Kona bike course record holder, and I understand a founding member of the Lionel Sanders fan club coming to us from Andorra today. Welcome to FitSpeak, Cam Worf. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's quite an introduction. And um, you forgot to mention that my first Ironman I did was actually Ironman Whistler back in uh, 2015. Yes. Um, on, a, on a bit of a whim. That was... Uh, that was what got me hooked on this crazy sport. Um, so, um, yeah, we can talk about that if you like. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. At big fan of Canadians. Big fan. Well, we're we're <laughs> all uh, brothers brothers in the Commonwealth, right? South Africa, New Zealand, Australia. Uh, you know, we won't yeah. talk about those Americans ejecting from the Commonwealth a little bit prematurely. They did. <laughs> so first things first, how do we say your pro team's name? Ineos Grenadier? Ineos. Ineos. Grenadiers. Okay. Yeah. So Ineos is, uh, yeah, is a big multinational company and then Grenadier is actually the name of a, a, a new car that's, uh, that's going to be released later this year. Um, it's basically, well, being dubbed as the, uh, the best four-wheel drive on the planet, as in it can go over anything, as far as a you know a, a rugged type, you know I guess Land Rover Defender type sort of a spec. So that's going to come out later in the year. So that's why the team is uh, is marketing the you know Ineos, the the, the parent company. They own mm. they own the Grenadier, gotcha. developing the Grenadier, and um, and so that's why the team is is being used as the uh, yeah as the global marketing mm. for that car as it starts to get released all over the world. So. Yeah, pretty exciting vehicle to be honest. It's um, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna definitely have an impact on the market. That's for sure. Well, that's exciting because we, uh, with the state of the roads here in some part of Canada, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> this thing, literally, I mean, I've seen some of the. Te- I mean, they li- they really want it to be the most the most the safest. You know, Ineos is huge on safety um, and. Uh, but be able to basically take on anything, you know, in a, in a safe way. So it's um, <laughs> really big. 
the, the ultimate the ultimate sort of camping a camping uh, adventurer type vehicle and and it's been kind of an outstanding year for you in spite of COVID. And we're going to get into your new role as a dad here in uh, just a little bit. So currently you are in Andorra at, uh, why are you there? I guess when I got into, you know, got into Ironman properly back in 17, 18, um, more so. Um, I guess 17 was really the the real test year. You know, can I make it as a real professional triathlete? I mean, yeah, you can be called a pro, but... There's a big difference to being able to put food on the table, <laughs> <laughs> having a pro license, and then actually being able to, you know, support yourself and and then potentially support a partner and then potentially have a family. So, right. Unfortunately, I'd come from cycling where, you know, obviously, you know, to, well, once you make it to the highest level, you you're guaranteed to make a you know, some money, and so I was used to that. Um, so obviously, that level was sort of you know. Um, you know, comfort, comfort of living and, and being able to focus on training and not have to worry about um, survival um, mm, yeah. was, was where I knew I needed to get to. And um, anyway, so 17, 2017 went, you know, quite well uh, as far as my first year, uh, you know, as a professional in the sport. And um, 2018, it was basically, you know, stay in LA where I'd been living or um, I'd spent a lot of time here in 17 training with the team and, and the guys, mm-hmm. particularly Chris Froome that year. Yeah. Yeah, and I was getting more entrenched with the team, and so we felt that the best was for me to be in Europe. And so we came here, um, and actually I rented a place in Nice uh, for a month just to, we thought that would be a good location. You know, there's an Ironman there. So yes, a tough one, a tough one, a tough one yes. Dry community, so I thought that would work out well, but it's actually... Um, Swimming, for example, is like one of the most popular sports in France. And I remember going to the pool and just, it was like, you know, it was like being in New York City or Russia. I mean, you was a wow. pretty bumper to bumper a lot of the time. And, um, and one of the team coaches said to me, look, there's a lot of cyclists that are living in Andorra and more are moving there and a lot of motorsport guys. And I'm a big fan of sport in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a bit, I guess, off the grid and... He said um, he was actually a, he's actually also Tasmanian. The guy that works for the team. He said you should go up there. I think you'd really like it. I had a couple of really good mates that that race on the road and other teams that, that did live here. Um, so I said I'm coming, and they showed me the ropes, and I just loved it. And then of course getting residency is a big thing, and, and obviously mm-hmm. here also is a, it's a bit of a tax haven, um, a bit like Monaco. Uh-huh. So um, that's a that's a perk as well. The money you do make, you want to be able to have as much of it in the bank as you can for when you're done. That was another thing, but um, I just love it here. I came here and, you know, I've got access to a pool where, you know, only I can use it if I want. Wow, that's and, a that's uh, a bonus. That's a real bonus, especially the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then obviously training, you know, I've got, a, well, now a bunch of teammates. We've actually got a base here. We've got a, a guy that, you know, follows us in all our training um you know even carries my swimming gear for me some days when i've got to finish at the pool and oh wow you have got it made <laughs> i really do so um it's incredible and then uh and then of course running i mean i yeah i'm not the sort of triathlete that needs sort of everything kind of perfect for me i'm happy to get up in the mountains and run up and down and different altitudes and um you know get my knees dirty when i fall <laughs> over etc and so yeah it really uh it just really suits me. I just, I just love it here. You know, I mean, there's just, and there's just a bunch of top level athletes here. I mean, 
you know, motorsport, you know, some of the world champions and, you know, obviously cycling, the highest level in cycling. Yeah. And so you're just surrounded, you've just got that, that you just feel that energy, you know, of, of just of just high achievers and it just inspires you every day to get out there and, and get to work, you know, and, and get into it. But um, obviously nothing really, uh, so it's a bit like, you know, thinking about Lionel, you know, just... Uh, <laughs> It just uh, combine those two, and I've just got endless, endless drive and inspiration to uh, go out and punish myself. Yeah, and that's... telling everyone how he trains hard and everyone that that really, really makes me laugh, and and uh, and, and makes me uh, go out there and and just make sure I actually do train harder than him. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Would you be um, thinking about this? I mean, it's it's been one crazy year. You came off a, a pretty satisfying performance in Kona, and you also had a great experience there in Ironman. I believe it was in Italy, and things were you know looking pretty good. You even did some dabbling in some ITU course races. I wouldn't say dabbling. I did one race. Okay, got annihilated. But it wasn't the fact that I got beaten. I mean, that didn't change anything. I had, yeah, the greatest intentions of going through with what I said I wanted to do, which was, you know, do a few World Cups and see if I could improve enough and, and get some points and see if making the Olympic team was a chance. But then, yeah, obviously, of course, COVID kind of ruined that with um, with all the races being cancelled and then obviously the qualification sort of being thrown up in the air yeah. a little bit and et cetera. So, but that's something I still want to do. I mean, uh, I finished the race at least. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I, um, I didn't get lapped, so I've actually finished an ITU race. So I could proudly say that, and uh, I, I loved it. I loved the energy of it, and um, and I think that was, you know, what that reminded me of my rowing days, and just before the race, just the guys warming up, how focused they were. I mean, it, very different. I mean, it was like being the CrossFit Games. Those guys jumping around, racing around. I was thinking, what on earth? Doing push-ups and whatnot. I got myself into here. Huh. And um, sure enough, just got blown away. You know, it was like, a, you know, in an Ironman, you can afford to have a bit of a sluggish start and get yourself into the race. You know, mm-hmm. you got all day. In ITU, you literally get left on the beach. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, that was real, you know, wake up call more to remind me of the level that I used to operate at as far as just intensity, you know. Right, and, yeah. and I think in Ironman, I kind of got a bit soft because you know you do so much of stuff on your own. You can convince yourself you're working hard, blah <laughs> blah blah. You know, you go to a race and you, yeah, you you kind of you're pushing yourself, but you're sort of also staying within yourself and. Um, yeah, and, and obviously as you get closer to the top, it almost becomes easier, you know, when you're controlling a lot of things. You know, most races I tend to be in control of what's going on. Especially um, with, with your, with your cycling, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sort of sets up the race. So that was really something that I, I loved. And then, you know, I didn't realize that the cycling opportunity would come along, but it did. Yeah. And, and that sort of fortuitously because i was actually really looking at itu to get that back for me that sort of intensity but i got thrown back into the <laughs> cycling felt the same thing and i was like oh wow yeah this is exactly what i've been missing mm. this is great and of course covid hit and then there yeah. was no more chance for the itu stuff so right i was just so lucky that they you are know, that that little piece of the puzzle i felt like i was missing um to really make that next step sort of just slap me in the face mm-hmm. with cycling and um, it was something I was familiar with because I'd done it before and uh, right. and was able to, you know, slot in pretty, I wouldn't say easily, 
it was um, it really kicked me in the ass the first few races. I I, I obviously was thinking, gosh, I don't think nah. I should be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> the sport had moved on a lot, and um, I was like, wow. But it, you know, the team you know supported me, and they mm-hmm. said, oh, you're getting better, and you're getting better, and I was like, God, really? And, <laughs> And then I started to notice I was at the front more and then uh-huh. all of a sudden I noticed there was a lot of guys getting dropped before I'd get dropped and, and you're like, oh, no, you know what, you can you can still hang. Yeah. And um, I guess by the Vuelta Tour of Spain, at the end of last year, I, I really felt comfortable in the bunch again and I was definitely, you know, I feel like I, had, I, I know I had a really good, you know, I did my job, I did everything yeah. that was after me every day and a little bit more and we had a great race as a team and I certainly got a lot of great feedback from a lot of people and... Um, yeah, and, and now here I am on the team still, and yeah, yeah, I'm off to race next week in Belgium to start the season. So that's <laughs> amazing. I mean, talk about a little bit of uh, high intensity cross training. I know it's part of the triathlon, but uh, to be part of a peloton and you know cycling in Belgium, um, that that's got to build your brand, man. <laughs> <laughs> it builds something. Yeah, <laughs> it builds calluses on your hands. That's for sure. Riding over those cobbles, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I did do actually do a few races in Belgium last year. I had one crash and it was in Belgium. Um, but um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to the. I mean, the one day races in Belgium yeah. are just it's something I never did a lot. In my first <laughs> first attempt at pro cycling, I I was just you know I was the roller, so I couldn't ride my bike. You know, I was never <laughs> given a chance. It was like you, you're a roller. You don't know how to ride your bike. You've just got a good engine. engine so we're just going to put you on the front. Yeah, yeah, in the stage races and. You do your job and then get dropped and whatever, just stay out of the way. But, um, yeah, you know, the one-day races are for the real cyclists. <laughs> this team has been, well, you know what? We don't know what you like, so you can do a little bit of everything. And um, I ended up doing quite a few one-day races, and I mean, they're just, they're just so hard. So any opportunity I get now to put my hand up for them, I mean, it's just on from the gun, you know? It's like a stage race all rolled into one day, as you can imagine, because... Yeah, well, it is, you know, yeah. There's different levels of guys have different strengths. So, you know, the guys that want to make it a bit of a race of attrition don't want the sprinters to be sucking wheels all day. So the bikes, you know, in echelons in crosswinds and hard, and then, you know, the sprinters have their teams to support them. Mm-hmm. So they've got them on the front controlling it, to, you know, and it just, it just all these different angles of, um, of strength across teams and different athletes just makes for an entire day of intensity yeah. of everyone trying to out, outbox everyone else. And uh, and I think that's that's really great experience for, you know, racing an Ironman where it's um, where it's quite similar, where you've got a bunch of guys with a range of different um, strengths yeah. um, all trying to get to the line first and with all different strategies. So, um, yeah, that's that's been fascinating for me to see it coming from a sport like Ironman and feeling... Mm. You know, I feel like I've picked up on a few things that maybe I can use when I go back and I finally get a chance to race again. Well, let's talk about that for a bit. So what are your main goals for, you know, this year? We're already into it. It's March. What are your goals for this year if all goes, in quotes, according to plan? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I guess <laughs> similar to last year, really, but it was um, be available for the team up until the end of the Vuelta, which is five weeks before Kona. And, um, you know, if there's a gap, it's obvious that there's a good gap in the in the year um, where I'm not needed, you know. I mean, I obviously maintain my swimming and my running all through that and at different periods I focus on it. I mean, this past couple of weeks, I've actually managed training with the 
the Spanish national open water team here in Andorra. They had an altitude camp, so I was swimming with them in the mornings, which wow. was, you know, a huge opportunity for me to get to know some of those guys so that I can, you know, integrate with them throughout the year at their different camps because a lot of them are based here, you know, down in Barcelona or, mm-hmm. or in the Costa Brava region. So it's going to be quite easy for me to pop in and do some stuff, which is something we haven't focused on yet. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I maintain I maintain things and obviously then have moments of specificity. We've had a big block of running in LA recently, but you know, primarily it's being available for the team yeah. over the next um, six months. And you know, for example, if I'm needed for the for the Giro, that'll sort of pretty much count me out now until the end of May. So mm-hmm. then we'd be probably looking at doing something like you know the summer races, Nice or something. Because obviously I wouldn't be doing the tour. There's every, I guess there's a chance I'd do the tour, but it's very slim. The next thing would be would be the Vuelta. That's you know not till late August, so it would give me time to do some racing through the through the summer. And if obviously I don't do the don't do the Giro, then uh, I'll potentially have some free time sort of late April through April through May and into the summer. So I might be able to get a couple of races in. Yeah, I mean the team is the priority I yes. mean, there's 31 riders and there's a bunch of staff and mm. you know you're, you're part of one of the biggest teams in the world so i have to be i've said i want to be there for the team and be able to fill in whenever they need me and i'm ready to go whenever they need me so that's the priority you know i, I can't say oh no sorry i can't come this weekend i'm off <laughs> uh, that's doing, right. I'm just doing, doing that. some random event but <laughs> when it comes to kona yeah i mean obviously kona is i'm given at least five to six weeks you know of focus preparation to get ready for that so um after after the welter so that's um that's a given you know that's that's the main goal and that's uh you know and, and everything we do is is geared towards being the best i can possibly be for kona certainly anything else i race throughout the year will just be because i've happened to be available <laughs> that weekend yeah and um and living in europe's fantastic because you know obviously i can pretty much drive to a boatload of races mm-hmm. uh, or a short flight to lanzarote or mallorca or any of these other ones that yeah. um take a flight but apart from that you know you've got roth and you've got nice you've got frankfurt you know all this stuff's all pretty close and and even from this side it's a pretty easy flight to say something like texas you know mm. um so on the east coast so um that's the plan. So yeah. be available to race both up until September and then get ready for Kona. Mm-hmm. So Kona still remains your number one goal. Absolutely. You know, and the team. Yeah. The team's as excited, I think, as I am to see what I can do there. So um, it's, it's yeah, kind we're, of a, we're confident that, yeah, we've got a plan for that. It's kind of neat because you've got a, a synergy there that a lot of triathletes don't have with uh, – for lack of a better words, your your mates on your professional cycling team. And that's coming around. As you know, uh, we had Crowey here just a couple of days ago introduce his brand new triathlon team based around the Vespa. And of course, uh, Maka's got his team Bahrain. So uh, that's becoming a thing in triathlon. But let's take a, a, a step sideways and take a look at your history over the past year. Um, this thing called fatherhood. How has that impacted your life? Well, I get up early every day, <laughs> so I've found I train a bit more, to be honest. Because um, yeah, I'm up at I'm up a bit earlier, and I I just get up and I mean, my wife is is uh, well, we're obviously all meant to say this, aren't we? But I genuinely mean this in my heart of hearts. She's just incredible. She, I mean, she's relishing motherhood, and um, mm. yeah, uh, she breastfeeds so 
So that means there's very little I can do, you know. Well, okay. <laughs> He's usually hungry, so there's not much Dad can do. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they kick me out and <laughs> I go and train and that way they can get a bit more sleep. And um, Yeah, and I, and I get time with him, you know, in between sessions and, and when I'm home and... Um, and it's it's been incredible, you know. He's he's swimming three times a week already. I Whoa. mean, today, the first few times, you know, the first well few months, uh, we'd go with him and and be there in the pool with him when he gets a bit grouchy or whatever. But now he loves the water. Oh, it's very neat. rare that he does. But but now he actually just goes with the instructor. So um, <laughs> my wife has actually started swimming. I mean, she loves swimming. Uh-huh. I've always loved swimming, but she gets to swim in the pool. So it's like a the baby pool is actually on the pool deck of the of the of the pool there, so um, she can swim and keep an eye on him. And you know, Martin's the, the instructor. If he needs her, he can he can just you know swing out, and she comes across, or, or I can come across. So it's pretty incredible being able to train and watch your baby, you know, mm-hmm. having his lessons. Wow. But, uh, yeah, he started diving under the water himself this this week. He's also started walking a bit this week, you know. And, I've been really lucky to be there sort of for all the main major mm-hmm. things, you know, when he learned to roll over, when he, <laughs> that happened in lockdown, obviously when he was born, but, yeah. um, you know, when he learned to crawl, when he stood up for the first time, I think the coolest was I got him a little trike for Christmas and um, <laughs> I put him on it and push him around. He loved it. Yeah. But then after about, I don't know, three or four weeks, I'd been out on the TT bike. I'd done, my, done a time trial effort. I actually, yeah, we threw me. Had a pretty good one that day, actually, because uh, he just sat on my wheel the whole time. He didn't. Oh, wow. He didn't even come past me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and even he said, "No, you, you're, you're a bit of a different beast to what, oh. <laughs> what I've seen of you in the past." That was quite a compliment. So I felt no pretty kidding. good about myself going home, thinking, "How could the day get any better?" Yeah. And um, I was putting, getting ready to go for my run off the bike, and uh, and Wyatt, yeah, he he sort of dragged himself over and got on his bike himself and just Whoa. smiled. watching him walk sort of for the first time stringing together eight or ten steps so i've been really lucky to be there for yeah. everything and and but it definitely gives you a different appreciation you know i mean for for what you're doing or accountability i mean <laughs> yeah when a wife to worry about but you know now you've got this baby who's 100 percent dependent on you and uh you know, when you go out to train, you're like, well, if you're going to leave the house and do all that, you've got to make it count, you know, and yeah. um, it's definitely added a different intensity to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like I've certainly become a better athlete for it. Yeah, can't wait to compete this year with, with that. It's uh, It's been it's been awesome. I yeah. love it. So. Uh, you know, just, just imagine uh, your son's name is Wyatt. Wyatt, yep. Yeah. Wyatt Worth, you yeah. know, imagine imagine him being, you know, somewhere like uh, the energy lab perhaps when you're having a bit of a, <laughs> a rough spell in Kona and the kind of energy and and motivation you could get from, from that. Yeah, it was funny because, um, you know, I feel like I, I kind of felt that a bit already because we actually, so we were, you know, when we found out my wife was pregnant, I was, we were packing and, well, we'd already packed. We were ready to go to Italy, and we were just going out to dinner with friends last night here before we headed off. Obviously, we went from Italy straight to Hawaii, and, mm. and obviously Kona. And then we, you know, my wife's American, so we spent, you know, we were basically going for a few months. Anyway, and she came in just before dinner and told me she was pregnant. And I, and I was, yeah, we we're obviously really excited. And, mm-hmm. 
and then went off to Italy and I and I obviously remember thinking about it that day, you know, it's like, mm. wow, I mean, yeah. I've got to, I got to make, you know, I really wanted to, my first, the first race my, my child went to in the womb, I wanted it to be special and, mm. uh, and you know, it was, and I mean, then Kona, okay, I didn't yeah. win, but, you know, yeah. I, I did have a great race, but I, I could have really spat the dummy that day, you know, things weren't going well, I didn't have a great swim, you know, I didn't feel that sharp on the bike, I had, you know, all those guys queued up behind me and, and which is fine. I mean, they're <laughs> they're entitled to do that because I'm I'm the guy, I guess. You know, yep. I mean, of course they're gonna they're gonna sit behind you, and I don't I don't question that. I was I was doing everything I could to get myself back into the race, but there was a point there on the way up to Harvey that I was like, right, I could really bury myself and close this gap, or I can accept that I'm going to have to run better than I've ever run in Hawaii to get a decent performance. And, yes. And I felt that worst case scenario, top five was what I needed, you know, to justify <laughs> all the support everyone had put in. You know, my family believed that I could get um, and or where I was at. And I was like, right. So, you know, I had to just be a bit careful with my bike leg and, um, yeah, and got off. And then obviously on the run, there was a boatload of times that I really wanted to... <laughs> Oh, yeah, just just one of those days that wasn't going right, but just knowing you know my yeah. wife was pregnant, buck up and get that paycheck, right? <laughs> set, set, set a good, yeah, set a good example. You uh-huh. know, I mean, how can you look your kid in the eye if you <laughs> you know you know you quit? You know, yeah. so um, yeah, change of yeah, mentality. So I I feel like I had a great race there for for the day I was having. It was mm. it was the best I could possibly do, and yeah, as I said, can't wait to race this year yeah. <laughs> a, a, a new father a new mindset a new attitude and uh, we'll see what the results are keeping our fingers crossed for Kona here coming up in, in 2021 um, we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about sports rivalries now and that was kind of something that I was especially interested in and especially with you because you've had such a vast range of experiences I mean as an Olympian in rowing of course being a part of a professional cycling team and now you get into triathlon and you're enjoying a lot of success at that obviously but going back to your old days as a rower and a cyclist did you have any rivalries at that time in your athletic career yeah i mean i guess you always you know i mean you have you have yourself heroes and people you look up to but you know the, the, there's always the, the people that you're competing with that you you want to beat and um you obviously set that you know at the time it's sort of whoever's closest to you is sort of I don't think I've ever looked too far ahead of myself. You know, I mean, I, I, I've always known sort of my level and, and wanted to pick off that guy. And then once you pick off that guy, move to the next guy. And uh, and um, to me, I've always taken you know those things personally uh, mm-hmm. for as long as I can ever remember. Even playing soccer as a as a young kid, being better than a certain person at a position to to get that position that I wanted or or whatever. Even within my team and in rowing. Uh, particularly, I used to always say, you know, I wanted to be the the, wor- the worst guy in the crew because I knew the better I was, that meant the crew was better. Mm. And I was just constantly trying to obviously be better than all my teammates because I felt that would mean that they would be even better again. And, you know, those, those crews where I really embraced that were the most successful crews we had. Huh. <laughs> so I was a part of. So I think rivalry, obviously, you have the guys you compete against, but even even now in cycling, you know, within the team, yeah. you know, obviously our team particularly with so many great guys, oh, you know, yeah. you've got 
within the team so much competition, but mm. in a healthy way, you know, it yeah. makes the whole team stronger. And so, yeah, I think rivalries and, and things like that are, are crucial in uh, in you progressing in sport, you know, personally, whether it's, yeah, the people you're just training with, people on your team, and then obviously the people you, you compete against. And, um, you know, then there's the part you get to where you get sort of to the higher levels and then obviously you you want to create those rivalries because then when you beat those people it becomes mm-hmm. so much more significant. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I guess in I guess in triathlon I've kind of been in a bit of a funny space because I've sort of been progressing, I guess I mean, without saying like an idiot dick, but quite you know, quite well. You know, mm, I sort yeah. of jump bunches of people each year, so it's been hard for me to pick off one particular person and I'm so paranoid about winning, beating. I mean, even Lionel, who I have a great relationship with and a stoush with on, you know, social media, etc. you know, he was so much better than me at the start. Yeah. And I actually still see him as being so much better than me, but he's had terrible races in Kona since he had that one good one. He's, so he's, he's never really one. been a rival because he hasn't really come anywhere near me. Um, and, then, and then you've got Jan, who it's like, well, he's just so good. I've never been at that level before. Um, but I guess the closest thing to a rival would have been, you know, Starkowitz, you know, because mm. I knew he was strong on the bike. Uh, he was talking, of, you know, I mean, it's so important to him to be strong on the bike. I really couldn't care less. But if everyone else made such a big deal out of it, I was like, oh, God, I can't look stupid here. You know, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, got to, <laughs> I've got to face up and race against this guy. And sure enough, in Kona, we come together and we're mm-hmm. together and, I still tried to stay out of it, but, you know, in the end, obviously, I dropped him. And then, obviously, after that, he walked out of transition. So it was yeah, pretty obvious, but, you know, the difference in level, which was, which was great. And that was, that was very satisfying. That was a very satisfying moment because you've got this big build-up mm. of this little battle and, and this rivalry, apparently, um, <laughs> apparently, which I tried not to buy into, but I couldn't ignore. Yeah. And... I came out on top of it and, it and it obviously sent my career in one direction and he's in another. You know, mm. I mean, since then, everyone's realized Cameron actually doesn't care less about the bike. <laughs> Cameron's trying to win the race. Starkowitz thinks that's a big deal, but <laughs> no one really cares. You know, it's, it's um, if you want to be a good bike racer, then go, bike, go race a bike, you know, which I also do. Yeah. <laughs> enough. So when I ride a bike in an Ironman, it's, um, it's to try and win Ironman. So, um, yeah, I think the greatest thing about rivalries, I watched, it's interesting, you know, I knew I was talking to you, but I watched the 50th anniversary of um, the fight, I think it was 50th or, yeah, it was the 50th because it was in 70, um, between uh, Muhammad Ali and uh, Joe Frazier. I watched and, that too, um, it was just a couple of days ago. And it was just fascinating, just, mm-hmm. you know, that, the rivalry that those guys would build up and also Ali with Foreman, you know, and, and mm-hmm. the winner, I mean, the difference between winning <laughs> and losing, you know, the fact, the way they built it up, oh, it yeah. just made that victory so much more significant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watching that, I was like, wow, you know, I really want that to be what we have when we rock up to Kona this year between myself, between Lionel, between Yarn, between Alistair, you know, um, between Patrick, of course, Sebi, Tio, mm-hmm. you know, Ben Hoffman, you know, the guys that have a real chance of winning, and there's a boatload more. I could name names all damn day. Cody yes. Beals, for example. Yes. You, know, you know, you really want that because then whoever's the winner, that's like real significant. <laughs> you know, you want to be that guy that comes out on top. But to have that moment 
where you really are the man, mm-hmm. you do need big rivalries. And that's probably something, you know, we had Crow and, Crow and Macca. We had, um, obviously, you know, David. David and Mark, Mark. right? Yeah. Um, and, and since then, you know, yeah, okay, you had Norman Stadler, I guess he fought with Jürgen Zach and whoever else. But, yeah, there's no specific, I, well, I don't know of a specific rivalry with him and, um, or anyone other than those those particular ones. I mean, Jan hasn't really had a rivalry with anyone. He's just been so much better, you know. And, um, you know, it would be great if in Ironman over the next few years, I would love to have a specific rival, you know, that is just, yeah. you know, it's just a real battle and everyone believes it's going to be a big battle and the guy that wins is the man, mm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's really the man. And, and the guy that gets beaten has got to deal with it and come back and be better, you know, like... Like you saw with, you know, what Ali did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I mean, he lost a lot too. Well, you know, yeah. He lost those battles. Yes. But then he came back and won them when it really mattered. And that was what was uh, just made him so famous because you compare that to a Mayweather who's never lost, but he'll never be like Ali. No. You know, he'll never be remembered like that because who was Mayweather's rival, you know? Yeah. Quiet. <laughs> he just beat everyone. Yeah. <laughs> same, same with Conor McGregor, you know? I mean, uh yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Part part of you know becoming uh, an athlete that people can you know get excited about, get engaged with, is a person who, I mean, in Sanders' sort of you know, sadomochistic way, draws attention because of the hell he puts himself through and the way that he portrays himself in his videos and the torment and this. But I mean, there's a lot of ways to play this athlete card and obviously uh, rivalries have been part of good sport forever right um yep. but but triathlon itself hasn't really had its in quotes fair share of rivalries and i mean uh any theories as to why as i said i mean you've just in 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 recent times Jan's has been so much better than yeah. everyone um or alistair has been so much better than everyone in itu i mean he he has a different challenger sort of every time you know it's never the same guy and, and I think that's, and Lionel, I mean, he potentially could have been a rival to Jan, but as I said, in Kona, he, I mean, he hasn't even been within the same zip code as him for a number of years, or me for that matter. So <laughs> um, it's very hard to really build that whole, you know, thing. It sort of like sounds like a bit of a broken record in Lionel's case. With all, with all due respect to him now carrying on about that, it's like you've really got to go out and prove, you know, in Kona, when and and that's the thing about this sport, Kona is so much bigger than anything else. It's the one race where all the best athletes are there, and they're all at their best. And anyone that says they didn't turn up prepared or what, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're just dumb because it's the biggest race. It's the one race that can really change your life. It's the one race that every sponsor cares about. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it is the sport, and that's just the way it is. And. It's no different to the Tour de France. I mean, yeah, okay, in cycling, it's a bit different. You could have a great career and never race the Tour de France. I mean, I've done very well out of cycling. I've never raced the Tour de France yet. But, you know, it, it obviously is is the mecca of the sport as far as if you want to go down in infamy, you have to perform at that race. <laughs> so Kona is the same. We just, over the past years, you know, you had, you had obviously, um, you know, Sebi win a number of years ago. And then you've had Jan since then. You've obviously had Patrick have a couple of wins. But, you know, different guys <laughs> were behind him and different circumstances of a race each time. 
Um, and you've just never had this consistency of sort of the same guys at the top actually really having a good ding-dong battle yeah. every year, and um, which you had with, you know, Dave and Mark and, and obviously Crowley and Macca. Right. Um, and, I mean, I'm not sure with Peter Reid who he battled with, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was one particular guy. So, um, yeah, so I think that's the biggest thing in triathlon, you there's definitely potential for someone like Lionel to be a rival with someone, be it Jan, be it me, be it Alistair, be it whoever. Yeah. But, yeah, he's unfortunately hasn't been consistent enough at the biggest race on the calendar. And obviously Patrick won one year when, when Jan wasn't there. Mm. Um, another year he won when Jan walked, you know. Yeah, um, so, walk, yeah. You know, and then, and then last year, you know, or a year before now, yeah. Uh, Patrick just pulled out. So, you know, they've missed the chance to have a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, yet they've both won it between them five times. That's so, right. They've yeah. they've sewn it up for it's Germany. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, there's a bit more rivalry of interest in Ironman Frankfurt. You know, when it is just, it's all on line, on, on, sorry, Jan and Sevi. You know, you kind of feel a bit, you know, they always both seem to have a decent race there, or Patrick. Not in Kona, and that's what matters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally feel like I've been quite consistent in Kona. You know, I've always basically performed at the my best there, mm-hmm. or had the best day I could possibly have, given how I was going that day. Hopefully, I can continue that progression and then maintain that. And if that's the case, hopefully, I'll be always contending. And then, hopefully, we'll have you know Yarn or even a, or Lionel, obviously, or or, or whoever Ben or, or To or any of these guys that are up there, Patrick. Sebi, I mean, there's a boatload of guys that could 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 create great rivalries in the sport, but um, yeah, up until now, it just well, in this past you know decade now, almost since Crowe and Macca, mm. there just hasn't been one. Not it's, really. Um, a shame because it would it would definitely help the sport if you had it. You know, Lucy and Daniela kind of had something sort of going, but then Anne came in. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Kind of, you know, now who do you look at? Is Anne the one? Is Lucy the challenger? You know, I guess they're both challengers, you know. It's not quite there yet, is it? So, yeah. yeah. And, and and I must apologize for being a Canadian and being a bit too polite and avoiding confrontation and, you know, all the rest of our Canadian triathlete contingent. We just want to kind of, you know, be the nice guy and avoid conflict. So uh, I apologize yeah. for being a Canadian. Uh, let's talk about... That's fine. Uh, you've been around before the age of, you know, big time social media with TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and things like this. So coming from kind of the senior athletic statesman perspective let's talk uh social media so is this something that you like do you think it's a a necessary pain in the ass or is it an unnecessary pain in the ass what do you think it definitely potentially i mean when i sort of first started it was a pain i mean i hate being asked like i hate not genuineness on social media you know i love like i love watching like the rock you know i mean okay he promotes some brands and different things but he does it with passion and he really believes in it and um it's it's him you know you really feel like you actually know the guy doing it you know like people trying to say oh this is great like oh this bike's great and then next year oh this bike's the fastest and then next year this <laughs> I said to all my sponsors, I said, listen, I'm not committing to anything social media wise. If I want to put something up about the product, uh-huh. I will. And I'll do it in a genuine way. And, and I guarantee that'll sell more than me once a month posting this or that or whatever else. And and they've all 
they have all embraced that and they, they believe that that is, that is a really great great way to do it because my posts are very genuine and, mm. and it's obvious that I actually believe in what I'm saying. Now, as far as on the other flip side, so I guess like YouTube or any of that sort of stuff and obviously even just social media in general, covering what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you, the odd time when I'm asked to do something, uh, you know, get some content or whatever, you're thinking about that in training. You're wondering about when you're going to take the photo or you got to stop and do this or you got to stop. It definitely is a distraction. And mm. the greatest thing that happened to me was coming, was being involved with Team Sky back in 2017 and then obviously turned into Ineos Grenadiers, but the same organisation. They made it very clear that we don't do that. We, we compete and people write a story and they take photos of you when you're racing and you're winning. <laughs> That's what's most valuable. And so... I don't get involved in any of that and I've certainly noticed that, you know, a lot of my peers, rivals yeah. that do get more involved in that, mm-hmm. their performance tends to, they either stagnate or they even go backwards mm. <laughs> So um, because it's a distraction. It's a huge distraction and I understand it because in triathlon, you know, it is harder to make money yeah. and as I said, I was lucky coming from cycling so I had a standard, for example, Bonuses are not a thing for me. You know, I, I, I say no. If you want me to, if you want me to, if you want me to work for your company, I'll work for your company and you pay me. You don't tell me you're sponsoring me, and but you're only going to pay me if I perform. You know, you pay me my salary, and that's that. Otherwise, you can walk out the door. I couldn't care less. So, uh-huh. I've been very staunch with that, um, and and that's something that I wish other athletes could be stronger with. But I appreciate people take what they can get because they've got to make a living. You know, I think that. Certainly, it does hurt a lot of athletes worrying about social media and how to promote their products, and and especially when they start changing sponsors, and it's like, oh yeah, but wait yeah. a minute, you told me that week was the best last week, and now you're telling yeah. me this one is this week. It's like, come on. I mean, I've been with the same people since I started, and that was because the first couple of years, I was like, I'm not doing any deals. I luckily had some money. Mm-hmm. I was able to. Tried a bunch of different things, different products, different, you know, different, uh, you know, apparel, different helmet, different bikes, everything. Yeah, sports and, nutrition. Um, I mean, there's a rabbit hole. What's that? I, I was going to say sports nutrition. There's a rabbit hole, you know. Uh, what's the best, you know, powder <laughs> to take before you ride, during it, after? That's a whole, you know, huge industry Yeah, well, that's in itself. It. I mean, the thing is, there's, there's certain things where I was like, well, there's not enough money in that industry, so I'm not even going to bother getting a deal there. I mean, like swimming, for example. Um, <laughs> you know, if, there's the, if a wetsuit comes out that's better than any other, I'm going to buy that and use that, or a swim skin or goggles or whatever. Um, and, and nutrition is the same. I, yeah. um, with the team, obviously, we use SIS, and predominantly I do, do, do use SIS products. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until now in Ironman, now SIS has developed a, a similar gel, but I was always using Powerbar, and I'm not sponsored by I buy them. Oh, but you it's buy because them. they're the best. Mm. Yeah, and I've used a bunch of different products, but I found that Powerbar was the best, and, and I just buy them. Um, and then I was using, um, at one point I was using blocks for some food, cliff blocks yeah. as well, along with some gels. And then the last, in 2019, I was actually buying the Enoverate jellies and I was using them. So I'd sort of have, you know, half my calories in a gel, power bar gel, half my calories in Enoverate jellies. Last year, um, SIS, I actually worked with them because I was officially part of the team and mm-hmm. they were obviously, <laughs> you know, much more interested in invested interest in, in what I was up to and, and to their credit, they've come out with a couple of products that have, have 
as if probably better than what I was using from Power Bar, and um, and we're working on a on a food at, at the moment. Yeah, that's just a couple of examples where mm. I've been able to um, actually use what's use what's best uh, yeah. because uh, I haven't had an official relationship with anyone. So because those things make such a big difference. Yeah, um, I mean so. Um, yeah, they're important enough for you to to have to go your own way because the end result is performance, and if you're compromising your performance, then you're compromising your brand, and you know it just rolls yeah. rolls into a pile of poo after that. Exactly, exactly. Whereas everything else I use, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe it's the best stuff. You know, obviously from head to toe. You know, the helmet, and, yeah. um, Nike shoes. You know, Castelli in the middle and the <laughs> bike, and you know, I, I know they're all the best. They're best there is available. So, um, but uh, anything I'm unsure of, yeah, I just uh, because I I don't want to endorse anything I don't believe in. You know, I mean, and, and I feel like. I've always been like that since I came into the sport. It wasn't that long ago, you know, mm. a few years ago. Yeah. And I don't want to ruin. I mean, I I want to maintain. I mean, I want to maintain that integrity. You know, it yes. means a lot to me. I want to be yeah. able to genuinely say to people. And if I do happen to change in the future, it's because I believe it's better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and I want to be able to genuinely say that and 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 feel that people. Appreciate that because otherwise I'm not representing the band up brand I'm meant to be representing, and that's you know at the end of the day, if you choose to do that, you, you you're working for them, and yeah, and you want to do the best job possible. So yeah, I find that social media certainly gets in the way of that yeah. <laughs> for a lot of uh, a lot of people, and uh, it's something that I don't get involved in. I <laughs> I just get involved in trolling. I just, I just troll people. Yeah, that's my speciality with social media, and I have a wonderful time doing it. <laughs> like wearing Lionel Sanders T-shirts on Breakfast with Bob, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I wear that quite a bit. It's one of my favorite T-shirts, you know. So um, it sort of, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Why not? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's the one great thing. I don't have to wear some poxy t-shirt. You know, none of my sponsors say, "Oh, when you're with the meat, you have to have a shirt with all the names all over it." You know, I mean, everyone else does that. That's great. That works for them. I wear what I want. You know, <laughs> and um, I'm me, and I think that helps me be me mm. when I do interviews. When I when I when I'm with people, they feel like they really can connect with me, and and to me, that's much more important. You know, I I really. Uh, yeah, I, I love this sport and, and all the people within it. And yeah, they really make me feel like I'm the people's champ. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. um, here's, here's a possible contentious issue. People have talked about it, but it's kind of like the, the thing we're not supposed to talk about, the sacred cow, which is, of course, Kona. So you're, you know, it is your priority. Talk to me about that. Ironman World Championships. Keep it in Kona perhaps move it to a different place, alternate it. What's your opinion on that? Uh, well, I mean, if they want to have a world championship, they should have a world championship, but Kona's Kona. I mean, never. it's like Tour de France. You're not going to move it to China. Yeah. <laughs> the, same, the same globe or even Australia or somewhere more desirable or even California. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, if you want to have a, if you want to call something else the world championship, and I'm sure people will always think they should do that and give everyone else a chance. I mean, that's the mythical. It, Kona is one of the most mythical events on the sporting calendar. You know, I mean, it's up there with you know the soccer World Cup, the Olympics, the Tour de France, mm. Kona. You know, the Super Bowl. I mean, they're 
they're massive, you know, they're highly regarded, well-known sporting events and well-known. I mean, they're the biggest ones yeah. on the globe and, and it's the ones as a kid growing up, you dream of being a part of yeah. the Masters in golf, you know. I mean, it's like yeah. the Masters. If it wasn't in Augusta, it wouldn't be the Masters. I yeah. mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing, the same course, the same iconic shots, the same great players playing on those same iconic holes, seeing what happens each year. I mean... You know, the Wimbledon playing on the grass. Yeah. I mean, mm. um, you know, it, 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 no, uh, Kona's Kona. Okay, you can not call it the World Championship yeah. if you want, whatever. Who cares? Kona's still be, going to be Kona. And that's uh, it's like the Tour de France. That's not the World Championship in cycling. True. It's still it's, way, it's, bigger, it's, way bigger than the World Championship. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the point, World Championship is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic event and obviously a huge amount of prestige and Julian Alaphilippe was a freaking incredible champion of that last year and mm. all of that. But, um, you know, Tade Pogacar is the yeah. superstar oh. of the sport right now yeah. because he won the tour last year. Yeah. And, um, and whoever wins this year will become the new man. Mm. And uh, Or it might still be him. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, Kona is... Uh, Kona's Kona. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they can... People can complain about that all they like. But mm. that, that's, just, that's just the way it is. And that's how it's always going to be. So... So let's uh, let's put on a different hat for you. You know, you're not the the most experienced triathlete on the planet, but you've all obviously learned some lessons and learned them very quickly. So let's put you in the shoes of, say, a, a triathlon coach. Um, what would you say would be a couple of pieces of advice you'd give to, like, the average age group athlete who wants to get better? Make sure you're confident with the distance. You know, I mean, people... You know, I want to know about efforts and stuff to improve on a bike. I mean, start with making sure you can comfortably ride 180k. Not even necessarily on a time trial bike, but on a road bike. Just, just be confident that you can get through that distance without, you know, or whatever it is. You know, if it's a sprint, 10k or 20k, whatever on the bike. Just, just whatever your challenge is. Just make sure you can, you can do that. And and but it starts obviously with the swim. I mean, if you can't swim very well. 3.8k is going to be like a death trap you know i mean you're going to have anxiety you're going to feel terrible you know you you're you're going to be worried you're going to sink and drown make sure you can swim properly make sure you can float through that swim and however long it's going to take but make sure you can get through that because that sets up your entire day Mm. the run well i mean you can walk (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately you know we're we're all gifted with well yeah obviously we have a lot of people from CAF and I'm a, a, a big yeah. supporter of that foundation, which um, is a huge inspiration to me. But, um, you know, we can we can walk, you know. We, 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 we're born with that skill and, and so that, that can get you out of trouble to get you across the line. But uh, you the, you got to get to that point first. So, um, yeah, make sure you can swim and make sure you can get through the bike leg. <laughs> And then once you've been, once you're at that point, then you can think about actually training, mm. you know. But but first things first, just make sure you can go the distance. So nail the confidence. Make sure you can do the distance, and uh, then that's a great place to start training, and and the results will follow. Yep. Judging from, uh, I saw this picture, I think it was on Instagram. Uh, there's this little cute guy, not sure of his name, maybe Wyatt. Um, t-shirt says, <laughs> I'm cute, mom's hot. So you have a son, correct? <laughs> yeah, So, So yeah. putting this aside, if it didn't matter to him, would you rather see him be a pro triathlete or a pro cyclist? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Surfer, pro surfer. Surfer, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, well, I mean, if he really wants to do, you know, site, both sports have given me so much. I can't choose between them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're both great sports in their own right. So, yeah. um, well, I, I was just yeah. thinking, you're probably the only person I could ask who has a has a pretty in depth, uh, you know, range of experience in both worlds. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, going back into pro cycling I guess Ironman is a very comfortable life you only have to race a couple of times a year you're very much in control of your schedule you have to train hard but I love training Um, being being racing on the bike you know it's it's so many other factors you know you're part of the team you're you know you've got a lot of demands on you because of that you in the race there's a bunch of guys doing all different things so you're having to react to everything Mm -hmm. Um, but being part of a team and a team success, whether it's you doing well or, you know, someone on the team doing well, that's an incredible feeling and camaraderie and everything as well. Yeah. And, and, and teaches you some wonderful things. Um, you know, same with rowing. Go back to rowing. Mm. You know, I mean, that the, the, the ability to work with other people, particularly difficult people, because if you don't work well together, you, it doesn't matter how good an athlete mm. you are in a rowing boat, you won't go anywhere. And, um, <laughs> And so that was one of the best, you know, best skills I've ever learned in life in general is um, just how to get along with people. And rowing is a wonderful, wonderful thing for that. But, yeah, I guess I'm a big fan of a lot of sports that Mm, I don't do. So, yeah, I'd probably prefer to see White do something uh, something along those lines, surfing or MotoGP or Formula One or, Yeah. yeah. Or who knows? Maybe you want to play the piano. <laughs> That's and, uh, true too, though. The, the world <laughs> is his oyster. Um, let's. Yeah, he seems to be pretty. Pretty. Um, he even caught a ball the other day, ah. so he's he's ten months old. So he seems to be pretty coordinated. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him do something in sport. Uh-huh. Soccer. Maybe he'll play for Barcelona. There we go. The road. <laughs> An athlete that makes real money in the family. Hey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That would be my goal. That would be him. We started off the interview talking about our cute friends, the koala bear, and we're going to circle around and end it with our usual fitspeak question, which is even more difficult than the previous question. So we're going to put this one to you, Cam, to, to kind of end things okay. off. So um, if you could be an animal other than a human being, what animal would you be and tell us why? Oh, 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 a lion. I mean, I'm a Leo. Oh, My birthday's the 3rd of August, so yeah, I'd be the king of the jungle, of course. <laughs> Yeah. That that was the fastest response I've had in like three years, man. <laughs> <laughs> no question there. No doubt. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to fit speak with us today. Uh, I know you're going to have a successful year with the world of fatherhood. Of course, you got a full-time gig there with, with your cycling team. And, you know, we're all keeping our fingers crossed for some sort of semblance of a triathlon season for 2021 and uh, wishing you nothing but success when you make that return to, to the Big Island. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the big... I- I, I, you got to believe it's going to happen, don't you? You know, mm. I think we'll be there and come October or, you know, let's face it, they've got the rest of the year to have it. So yeah. I, I'd love to hear them postpone it, you know, tomorrow until December 31. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just give the whole, as much of this year as they can possibly give for, for things to come good, give it every chance to happen. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I believe by then there's a lot of optimism. The mm. world seems to be turning the corner and, yeah, uh, yeah I think we'll be there and, 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 and when we're there, I'll be, I promise I'll be ready. No excuses. No excuses. Definitely no excuses for me, ever. 
I'm Mikey Ross, coach with Abbotsford Triathlon Club, and this is my top five list for FitSpeak. My walking buddy recently read the transcript of my top five list called Working Out with a Friend. He then shared his own top five list, reasons why he almost always chooses to do most workouts solo and always runs alone. It's true. I have swum many an open water swim with him close by, in the same lake, at the same time, at our own pace. But never have I ever run with him. I've tried to book a run or even turn our walks into walk runs, but he's a tough customer. After hearing his reasons, all of them valid from his perspective, I will now present them to you as the other point of view. Five reasons why running alone may be your thing. Number one, you can do it when the opportunity arises with no planning involved. Less time spent coordinating, more spontaneous use of those unexpected windows of opportunity when they pop up in your day. Number two, you can run exactly when your body feels like it. You may ignore fatigue or injury indicators and run with a friend because you said you would, even if you don't feel you should. Everyone can have an off day. Sometimes that off day would be better spent as just that, an off day. Number three, you can run your distance, pace and terrain without any need to compromise. It's actually a rare thing to find a training partner of matching or similar ability. Usually, one of the runners is either easing off or pushing themselves harder than they would if alone and self-pacing. Number four, you can use your time more efficiently. Popping out your own door into your own neighborhood for a run involves no extra time to get to a run site and return home from it. Number five, you can match your run to your moods. If feeling down and not wanting verbal stimulation from a chatty partner, a silent solo run matches your headspace on that day at that time. Pre-planned runs with a partner, especially one who's kind of upbeat like me, may find one person's up isn't even helping the other person's down. So, lone wolves of the world, it's okay on any day to celebrate your freedom to just be. Do your thing. As long as you're benefiting from your run, it may not be important or even necessary for you to run with anyone other than your shadow. And on a cloudy day, your shadow may actually not need you. For FitSpeak, I'm Mikey Ross. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's word of the week is Basque. Once again, your Wenting's word of the week is Basque. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder, we are on Facebook. We are your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now, at FitSpeak on Instagram. 
your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story in pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website? It's www.fitspeak.com. See a bit more about the program, maybe leave us a comment on the show, or ideas for future programs. For Kevin Watt, Mikey Ross, and Roy Macbeth, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.